Hello again, this is Noah and John. We are from Urban Digs. We are at Talk in Manhattan, and we're at Element today. Element today, talking yeah. with Carol Staub. Carol Staub, thank you for coming. Oh, my pleasure. You, I'm really looking forward to to talk to do Talking Manhattan. And you've been following Urban Digs for a long time. I've seen I you have. on my user list for many, many years. I have, and you are a, a very important resource all right, for so, me. All right, hold on, here's the $20 I was going to give you over here. for <laughs> um, no, Thank you. No uh, $20 needed. This is just... A, 50 <laughs> Not even 50 I would I would pay even more for your I subscription. You, you know, you. It's, it's, it's the value for me is, is amazing. I do so much uh, email marketing. Yeah. And uh, the... The consumer there, uh, you know, enjoys the, the reports that I do. I also attracts, uh, you know, business. Yeah. So. And we're gonna get into that. We're gonna definitely get into that because I want to talk I, about. I'm fine just stopping there. Drive home safe, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leave on a high note. Um, but let's just look. You've been doing this a long time. A long. Time. Since the early '90s, right? Since the early '90s. Okay. Correct. So you've seen. I mean, look, Manhattan real estate is yeah. one of those. Little, I mean, you come in here, you think you know it all. Maybe you're a hot shot somewhere else. And you kind of get smacked around a little bit. It's it's a crazy little market, very nuanced. Um, so you got almost thirty years, right? right. Okay, so that's great. What's going on out there right now? Everyone's confused. What's happening? That's what is going on out there. It is confusion. Yeah. Basically, um, the sellers are confused and the buyers are confused. And what you have going on is a disconnect yeah. between the buyer and the seller. Um, sellers, uh, sellers are actually blocking the market as far as movement. We have movement, but uh, we could have more movement if they would de-anchor from their prices. Mm -hmm. You know, what's happened is we are in a reset mode. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, the number of transactions has fallen since 2018. Yeah. Uh, for six consecutive quarters, we had a bump up this second quarter. Right. But I'll get into that in a moment. Why? It's temporary. It, it's temporary. It's nothing to really get excited about. Mm -hmm. uh, but what's, what's happened here is that sellers are still anchored yeah. to uh, pre-tax, the pre-salt tax prices and it takes people think and then buyers think oh well we have we have this you know we have the tax thing going on mm -hmm. uh, you know we have um, inventory we have a lot of inventory and so forth so prices should be falling yeah why aren't they falling so much well because uh, sellers are anchored still anchored to their uh, prices yeah and that's what's really blocking the market when sellers start getting more on board they are gradually getting yeah. more on board now so we are seeing more transactions than we saw you know in in the first mm -hmm. quarter uh, yeah. of, of 2019 right. um, they're they're getting on board uh, and it takes it takes like two years there's a lag time between the reality of the market and for sellers to The buyers kind of figure it out quicker. The buyers figured it out very quickly. And one of the questions I want to ask is you talk about sellers being anchored to sort of the high watermark back yeah. in 2015, 2016. Great term. Is that something that you're seeing that's universal to every seller or are there certain segments on the sell side that are more resistant to lowering prices than others? That's an interesting question. I think you see it on... Um, Sometimes I think you see it more with buy, with excuse me with sellers that are in like the um, two million to to four million uh, before you right get before to the, the luxury right sector. before the luxury benchmark you see them anchored more than you do a luxury 
seller mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in general. I think that's because maybe the luxury seller, this isn't his or her first property. Um, they Maybe they have multiple properties. Right. And so they have a different uh, mindset and, and a business mindset. So um, they're more willing to get it. That's a very to, interesting to the point. Anchor. Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting point. So like the, the two to four million, that, that mid-range type right. of, it's not, it's not the low end, it's not the luxury sector. But the type of buyer is probably someone that's worked worked up from the from the one million to two million. Right. Now they can afford right. three now million this dollars. Probably a much larger proportion. And, and now they're just they, they have a harder time coming to terms with the fact that this thing might not be worth what it was worth pre-pile. And I love the fact that you said they're they're anchored. They're mm-hmm. anchored. That sellers need to de-anchor because right. to pre-policy markets. I mean, it's just a great way of of saying it. I mean, yeah. I love it. Um, what about the buyers? I mean, what, what are they thinking? Um, the buyers, you know, it, it's very interesting. There, it's like, um, it's like the, there's blood in the water. Yeah, but you there's know? not though. I mean, it's there's not like not, 2008. They, but they, but their mindset, it's almost like what we were talking about: the sellers being anchored, and the buyers away over here. Like, whoa, this is my time. Right. Yeah. I can ask for everything. And they are. And they yeah. are. And 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 depending on the motivation of the seller or the developer, they're getting more than they ever did. Yeah, so okay. I'm, I'm, here's my question. So you got a couple of, I, I talked to a lot of agents out mm-hmm. there, and you got one train of thought, which I kind of tend to agree with, which is your side, which is the sellers need to kind of come to grips and de-anchor. Then you got that other side of the coin where they're looking at the buyers and they're on this side of the equation. Right. So like just what you're saying is there's a, a disconnect, right? That's Me and correct. John like to say there's a widespread between bid and ask right now. Mm-hmm. And the sellers are up here and the buyers are up and, here. And there's, and just, there's a lot of there's, work trying to yeah, put it together. Right. But, but then you've got a school of thought of agents and brokers out there and managers that think that maybe the buyer brokers are not educating their clients on what's going on. You know, people think when like 2008, when the market falls, it's linear and it keeps falling forever. Yeah. And people, like in 2014 and 15, when we had the, the um, you know, the peak yeah. market, they thought it was going up forever. That's yeah. why. And we have these sellers that are still de-anchored because yeah. they feel that this is the price. Yeah. You know. I mean, the problem is a lot of sellers tend to look in their building. Tend mm-hmm. to. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know many sellers that go outside the building and say, "Here's an apartment with better views, better renovation, higher floor." I'm like, oh God, they're two million. I should be worth that. But they do look in their building, and in buildings in Manhattan real estate, there's not a lot of volume in a lot of cases, right? right? Some, Especially if you're talking up, you know, Upper East Side pre-war. Yeah, I mean, it's it's right. not like you have a building that has 50 units selling every single year, right. and there's liquidity, and you could see transparency what the market's currently offering. That's right. It doesn't ha- it doesn't happen that way. That's it's an right. illiquid market. And we both know that. You know, any any kind of comparables that happened before 2018 don't relate to this Yeah, without a time adjustment. And I mean, yeah. and those sellers now, they're in the building, and you know what? They got their 15A, right? right? And they're looking, hey, 13A sold in 2017, yeah. 2016. Right, and right. Now, but that's what they're doing. And now right. they're going back to 2016, 2017. We just had this conversation at one of our meetings. We did a class, and she's right. like, yeah, yeah, you know, she looked at the, the sale from a right. couple years and ago. And we're trying to explain, like, did, did you show them this chart? We were showing the medium listing discount. I'm actually going to go to it right now in Urban Digs, which in 2015, sellers were getting 99% of their asking price. Right. In which 2016, is, yeah. they were getting 97% of their asking price. Well, let's explain price. what that means. So a median listing discount of 1% or half a percent means that a vast majority of people, I mean, not a vast majority, but at least half are getting ask or over ask. Right. I mean, right. that's phenomenal. That was, that was the time where, you know, we had low inventory. Uh, we had 
tons of multiple yeah. bids, yeah. and a lot of properties were going, you know, over ass. And, and that's yeah. what they need to understand. Is they need to understand. That, yeah, it's great to go stay in the building. It's great to look at something right. similar. It's great to look at 13A versus your bar in a 15A because you're keeping everything consistent. It's not so great to just assume yeah. that this market's exactly the same. Do you know what I do to try to prevent that from happening mm -hmm. when I'm um, talking to a prospective client? Uh, is I use your um, your your uh, chart uh, with the here's what your building you know comparable buildings here's how you compare building the compare, yeah, the compare building, building yeah. that is so eye opening yeah you know it yeah. really is and I use as much data as possible yeah. to educate the prospective client mm -hmm. you know as to where we are in the market and you know where you should be priced oh, yeah. and if you're not priced correctly if the price is not compelling yeah you're not because you know what out. carol in, in, in manhattan every building is its own market yes it's its own micro market every single building every and, and building. if you if you some people just they hear it but they don't quite and, get and it. you know, you know? Some, uh like jonathan miller who's top appraiser he's a new york appraiser he gets that he knows yeah. but do you remember the time where banks were so cheap that they were using um, outside appraisers. Yeah, they come in from you, West and, Long Island. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And, and as a broker, an experienced broker, I would be there and I would educate them so yeah. that they didn't. Because oh, they pull comps from completely unrelated oh, buildings. Sometimes they would, ask me, they would ask me, hey, you got any comps you can give me for this? Right. Oh, <laughs> or not only that, but they don't understand that, let's say, yeah. my building, I'm 1049 Fifth Avenue, and there is an inexpensive post-war building next door, 1045. Yeah. And then there's the built 1040, which right. is where Jackie, Jackie and Nassis live. Yeah. Right. That 1045, if you're going to use that, the, the price is, is so much lower. Of That's course. not a comparable right. building. Yeah. So that'll skew I know. You yeah. know, the appraisal. appraisal. That's what and people need to understand. That's another question I had is when you approach a, a seller, so every building is its own market, and I also find that residents of their buildings are their own experts. Oh yeah, and they, well, and they so yeah, I'm yeah. curious. Like, if you <laughs> yes. approach a seller in a in a building that, that you haven't lived in or you haven't done that, how do you go about making sure that when you're looking at buildings to compare to, that you've got a good set of data? I come to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I use the building compare, and you know, it's it's not called urban digs for for no reason. It you can dig deeply into the data, yeah. and if you educate them enough, mm -hmm. they have to. Unless they just don't want to see. Yeah. And be well, sometimes rational. they don't. And sometimes, sometimes they, they have don't. that sheet over I just, I had something that I lost recently at uh, 4078th Street. The uh, the ex client is on broker number three. Yeah. yeah. And that's and you? No, I was broker number two. Oh, okay. I thought broker t number two would be it. I do a lot of expired listings, by the way. I call myself the, the cleanup broker, you mm -hmm. know. We've been hearing anecdotally that it's a great time to be broker number two. In this At least year. number two. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this particular client, um, you know, she, I got a 2-2. Two -two. Um, she's asking 2475. I said, you're not going to get 2-4. She wouldn't listen to me. She said, it's your marketing. And I, I'm a big yeah. believer in and I do great marketing mm -hmm. I actually enhanced uh, her apartment a, a great deal and, and I did a video and she has Cheryl Wagner sings gold sings mm -hmm. I mean it's a unique taste and the third broker now has 
actually has photos of the of the baths and everything, and has it for just slightly under two four nine five. This yeah. is not going anywhere. And it's it's mm -hmm. the price. I mean, look, it's Jeez. the price. The market knows the market knows it's yeah. available. Right. The market's seeing it. It's right. not like it's being withheld anywhere. Right. When they say marketing problem, I think is it not reaching somebody? Right. Well, t you yeah. know, typically we say if something's not moving, it's either a price problem or a product problem or a market problem. There right. is a bit of a market problem. There is. They a market have a price problem. problem. But it's interesting, when we talk about product problems, usually we're talking about first floor, studio units, no lights, small, unrenovated. Cramp, like unrenovated. Right. But sometimes you can have a product problem where something is just done so over the top That's nicely correct. that the people who walk in say, oh my gosh, it's gold here, gold there, well, see, I'm going to have to get this. It's such, it's, that's correct. It's renovated, not recently, but it's in very good condition. However, to very unique taste, uh, I actually called the apartment, uh, I call my apartments by names, I called it Versace. Mm -hmm. The yeah. apartment's called Versace? That's what I call yeah. it. You know, <laughs> uh, it's actually at the Charles house across from the Mark Hotel. Right. But Versace, because of all the gold things, she has Greek, right. Grecian columns, and you know, so yeah. it's it's a rip out, and it's it's probably at least a half a million or more yeah. renovations. And those so, are tough. And those are those tough. are tough right now. Yeah. Listen, so I'm looking at median listing discounts. What we're talking about before, yeah. okay? And just look. So this is going back to the topic is that you got these sellers that are anchored, right? Right. right? And right. again, and we're talking about this, and we hear it in the street is that the seller says, "Well, this guy got this for 2016." Go to this chart, and you can see. All right, in, in 2016, sellers were getting. Getting ninety-seven and a half percent of their asking right. price, they were going down two percent to get a deal. Two percent. Right. Now they have to go down. I mean, just look at the numbers, and it's just constantly going what up. What is the the last number you had? Seven point four. Yeah, that's what we we had actually in the second quarter uh, report. Yeah, it's seven point four. We're all using yeah. the same data. We clean yeah, it yeah, differently, yeah. and I mean, right. this is this is lagging. I mean, for right. all we know, we could be at eight or eight and a half. But right the way now. to look at it is okay. So that's the median. But a lot of people are getting better than seven point four. Okay, some right. people are getting under, right, but some people are getting a lot worse. Of course, than 7 .4. right? Yeah, it's it's so yeah. if it's seven point four, I mean, it's probably somewhere between five right. and, and ten. But then, of course, it's all it's based on how they're pricing. Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a function I mean, of how people are pricing. Right. Uh, yeah. the, the listing discount um, the, from original ask, yes. uh, you know, if it's, if it's priced aspirationally, you know, then that discount's going to be much steeper if, yeah. the, if the seller gets real. Yeah. You and, know, and, then it's and someone that, that, yeah. that is pricing you know, at right. fair market value. That, see, I, I like to look at this more like how much are sellers going down to get a deal these days, yeah. like a negotiability thing. But you're right. I mean, that's there's a couple ways to look at this thing. And the way I like to think of it as sellers, you got to think about going down 7.5%. Like just yeah. expect the negotiation of around 7.5%. So some sellers may may interpret that. All right, so let's just put some real numbers onto this, right? So let's say it's a million-dollar property, right. right? And let's say in reality it's worth it's worth 930, right? We're saying so they're right. asking a million and they're getting 925 right. is what this is saying. Um, do you price at a million? Do you price no, at a million no. and get that 925 or do you price at 930 or 925 and potentially mm -hmm. get a few people in there and get 940? And a bit. You know what I'm saying? Like right. there right. are bidding wars happen. They're right. happening just one at a so, time. So, I just had I just had a case of this, you know, I deal uh, you know, 85% of my business is marketing properties. So I had buyers refer to me and uh, this was over Brooklyn and Fort Greene, a, a townhouse. And I was so surprised. We're talking about markets, you know, uh, each market is different. And I was really surprised. I took an Uber over there to see the, the house. They already saw the house at an open house. There was an open house there, uh, six o'clock uh, in the evening, and pouring rain. Mm -hmm. And I opened the door, 
and I couldn't believe there must be a half a dozen or more yeah. um, buyers in there. Yeah. You know, here at open houses, you have to give away champagne or, yeah. or you know, <laughs> free, you yeah. know, free. L- let me guess, it was priced correctly. Was it? Oh, there's the, ju- just uh, what we were just talking about, you know. They, they priced the they first had it um, priced a little higher they had a price at four or five something so the seller was on board they actually priced it a little bit below the value mm-hmm. and they priced it at three nine under four mm-hmm. and oh my god all these people I the my buyers came in at three six there I, I said look I think you're gonna to have to come to full ask on this yeah oh we don't feel comfortable doing that and then they got excited they were gonna do it and then they didn't pull the trigger uh, fast forward it did go for a full asking yeah. price so this is a great great strategy yeah. especially in this market if you can convince the seller to price yeah. it slightly below but what you're talking about the million dollar apartment it's ideally if it's going to go in the nights you're best to get it under a million anyway yes uh, because yeah. of the psychology of of, of the pricing and, and also search, yeah. also the 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 you're avoiding the mansion tax because yeah. it's below a million dollars that's true and that's changed also so let me um we're getting down to the final things okay. here let's just let's we like to end things on final thoughts right buyers yeah. sellers agents those are the kind of people that are listening to this so if you're a buyer out there what kind of advice would you tell this generic buyer if I were a buyer out there, I wish I had a ton of cash myself <laughs> because I would go out and, and buy uh, some of these uh, condominiums that are priced so, so well and, yeah. and, and put tenants in them, yeah. you know, and, and have them as a, an investor units. But yeah. I'm telling buyers, look, this isn't going to last forever. And we don't know, uh, you know, it's the, the market as far as finding the bottom, you know, it's not a V, yeah. and there's such a great opportunity out there. Inventory is the highest it's been in seven years. Yeah, it's high. So yeah. there's yeah, a lot looks- of choices, and if you wait, you know, are you going to get what you want? Right. And and we think the market's going to decline a little further, but we're not going. We don't think that there's such volatility no. that you know that we're going to crash. Gonna, is gonna crash and yeah. you're going to pick up. Uh, places for fire sale prices. No, we, we, we and we agree. We think that we're where the cycle has happened, yeah. like the hit has happened, and it's just a matter. We think we're bouncing along the bottom right now, and it might be a little choppy, and yeah, it might show right. little year over year increases. I think or, if you're a buyer, you can find very well located properties at very good prices. Absolutely, yeah. uh, there's there's um, a, a new development building near a bread and butter uh, building where uh, it. 360 East 88th, it's Layton House, I've sold mm-hmm, like five mm-hmm. apartments. Right next door is 389 East 89, and I was just over there. It's a recon, uh, recon, uh, retrofitted building, um, you know, so new development. They have 10 apartments left, and they are cool. offering to pay three years in common charges. Oh, this is this is why I love yeah. this podcast. Like, you're not, you, this information, unless yeah. you're in there and you're seeing it and you're getting it, this is... Hey, listen, if anyone's out there that's looking in that area, man, we, we like we like the new development deals and the concessions that the developers are offering to move these properties. So that's great stuff. Um, what about sellers? What about sellers? De-anchor. De-anchor. Um, look. We should have like an applause background. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> sellers, if you don't need to sell, you know, then just take it off the market. Right. If you need to sell, then you must de-anchor 
from pri from prices that were 2015 yeah. and 2016, yeah. and you have to be realistic. You need to price at market value. Yeah. It's not going to move. Yeah, and you're and going to end up if you do these price drips. When you do uh, start dripping little price um, mm -hmm. reductions, you're going to end up getting less than you would if you price it correctly in the first place. It's historically been proven. Yeah, we have we have you know we have a chart for that. Yeah, but it's, it's a beautiful it's, chart. We're we're missing one of the uh, the legends. We have to put it back. Just because the data proves something doesn't yeah. mean it's so. <laughs> but it's a great chart. It's a pie chart. It basically breaks up all the sales by how long was on what how long was on the market oh, sorry, and the sorry, median listing distance. So it shows and it shows you if you're if you're on the market less than thirty days, you're getting what like a one and a half percent listing discount. So it yeah. says if you're at the market, you're going to move. If you're on the market for more than 120 days, I think it is. It's Four like months. a 20 plus percent discount. So it, there's a correlation between like. Um, I would definitely look at that chart. Where is yeah. that located? It's, it's in the chart room, and um, it's called um, discounted days on market. It's way oh, okay. And a lot of people don't get it because it's in the bottom right probably here. Miss, this is one of those charts that's better to look at the overall. It's like view. it's not right. the easiest chart to interpret. Right. Um, you know, but uh, it's. I'm definitely going to look at it because that has been, you know, over years and years, that's been a, a proven uh, fact that people who overprice and they, they start having these listing yeah. discounts, multiple listing discounts, that they end yeah. up getting less than what they would have if yeah. they priced it correctly. And we're talking about in any market, right. not just. Because if you price it correctly, you're going to get the buyers who are interested in that place and you're going to get them all in the same place at the same so time. So, just that's to tell you the right. statistics, the so people can hear some actual statistics. For those deals that closed and had a days on market of under 30 days. So these are deals that went to contract in the first four weeks, which let's just assume they were priced correctly. Mm -hmm. This is Manhattan. Let's just put Manhattan now. They got basically close to 100% of their asking price. All right. Zero, zero percent median Bingo. listing discount. For those properties that went to contract four to eight weeks after listing, they had to go down to two and a half percent. For those people that went into contract um, 61 to 90 days, had to go down 4.6%. And I can't see the other ones because I got this little uh, box here. Um, if it was 91 to 120, it's down 7%, just under 7%, and I believe over 120 days was 12%. 12%. So there's a correlation there's between pricing correctly. correlation. And, yeah. and now buyers, because we have such transparency, you know, with the, with street, with them going to street easy, yeah. is the first thing they, they come in and, and they're seeing your, your listing is, how many days has this been on the market? Yeah. You know, it's like one of the first questions out of the Yeah, because I mean, so, before they used know. to hide that information. They right. used, if something was it on the was market okay. for six months for right. $2 million and then it was off, they'd never knew that before. Right. Uh, sell, uh, sellers were talking about agents, finally. We got agents out there, especially younger agents mm -hmm. that are trying to up their game. They're like, what the hell's going on in this Manhattan real estate market? Why is it so hard to do business? What would you tell these people? I would tell them uh, it is very hard. Uh, it's, it's, it's so competitive. I would tell them to possibly go and park themselves in a team, yeah, uh, and get some, you know, get some more uh, education and have the support of uh, a very successful team leader. Yeah, you know, um, that's what I would do if I were in that position because yeah. it is it is extremely challenging. Yeah, and I, I think it's fantastic advice. If you're an agent that's struggling right. and and you kind of need to step it up again and, and you need to up your game, I would just I would find find a good team that that you can maybe sell yourself to, even if that means that you're running open houses and you're trying to recycle all those buyer clients, right. like find a niche, find something that works, just find something where you got business going on, right? right. Like you should be having five, 10 buyers. Are you, are you gonna die over here or what's going on? All right, we might have to pause this whole podcast and help yeah, John so, walk yeah. up, all right? This is, may just be Noah Rosenblatt of Urban Digs going forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Carol Stop, thank you so much. We're at Element. This is Noah and Coughing John. We're from Urban Digs. We're talking Manhattan. Have a